Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. I love the flexibility of working in all different kinds of places. I'm the one who's doing a Zoom from the park while I'm walking the dogs. And working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile's. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. So you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need. They also cover more highway miles with 5G than anyone else. So whether you're on a big interstate like I am every single weekend or maybe you're on a road trip, you can stream and download your favorite entertainment check hotel reviews, and make those all-important restaurant reservations. And with all that coverage, you can stay connected to the people you care about most and also your co-workers. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds, according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Wednesday, October 4th. And even when I am abroad and God willing, I will have landed by the time you listen to this, uh, we still continue to churn out the content that you love. And we are very responsive to all of your suggestions and your comments. Mark does a good job of only giving me the good ones. You do keep that to yourself, I'm pretty sure. But thank you for that. Uh, Unless it's like, a real, like a factual error, I'm happy to always correct. So, you know, you guys can be my fact checkers anytime. If you've got a financial question, all you need to do is go to our website. It's jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button and let us know if you would be willing to come on the air live. If you're shy, it's okay. Just send us the note and we'll do email episodes and we do that from time to time. So we're going to do some while I'm away just to plow through this stuff. Uh, okay, so it's October 4th, the government's open, and hopefully you're all repaying your student loans. And I've written a lot about that. I've been on the air a lot about that. And so we did get a bunch of questions about student loans. So this is from Dolly, who says, thanks for your column. My 25-year-old niece, who has the loans, lives with me, and we have been planning for this reality for some time now. She is all set with the SAVE plan. And her monthly payment amount is $300. Okay, here we go. More questions. She has borrowed from both institutions and through Pell Grants. And I'm not sure of the breakdown. The total is no more than $25,000. I don't know the details of her plans. Maybe she should be the one writing to you, dot, dot, dot. But she's making decent money right now. Very few expenses. 
I always thought it was better to pay more on loans than need be to knock down the principal. Should she do the same for these student loans for as long as she can afford to? Yes, seems the obvious answer, but with her low interest rate, maybe she should just pay the minimum. All right, let me answer that question. I think that it really does depend on the interest rate. Most of the loans, if they're in the last few years, are 5 or 6%. That's a high enough rate that would mean that you should really try to, or she should really try to accelerate those debt payments, okay? Um, and then she, Dolly continues, she goes, on a different note, we enjoy reading and discussing your column. Now, the niece has a 401k employer match going. She started a Schwab retirement account. I feel confident she's on the right track and don't want to hinder her financial progress. She may eventually get her master's degree. She has no plans as of right now. All right. So I think we got Dolly's question answered. Again, just make sure you understand what the interest rate is on every loan. And if it's well above the what you kind of would look at as your after-tax income from high interest savings accounts, I would just go ahead and do it. I'm not interested in paying down, say, a 2% loan right now, but if again, four, five, six, I would go ahead and pay that down for sure. Okay, next. This is from Kevin. Oh boy, subject Mark. Mark's favorite thing, paying down your daughter's student loan. Okay. <gasps> now I see what you mean, Mark. Kevin writes, how do you suggest that we help our daughter pay on her 115000 graduate plus loan that is restarting? Um, I guess I would say uh, we'll go into the time machine and never let her do that. But okay. Oh, Mark, this next st- statement hurts me. As a film study student who is struggling to find employment in the industry, we already paid for her undergraduate education while she was in school. We now feel compelled as retirees to pay her graduate loan, either monthly or using our investment savings. Oh, my God. Um, Okay. Should we pay monthly $1,000 a month, lump sum up front and then monthly, or take $115,000 out of our annuity, it's with a mayor prize, or wipe out our bank savings? Okay. Kevin, I need to know more about you. Here's what I'm, my number one reaction was don't do this. First of all, I don't know how much money you have, but $1,000 a month is a lot of money. If you have that free cash flow, I guess that's fine. I would not do anything lump sum. I certainly wouldn't take money out of an annuity, which would cause a tax hit to you guys. Um, And don't wipe out your bank savings. But can you really afford this $1,000 a month? That seems to me like a, a pretty hefty amount. I'm wondering if they're, if they have pensions. I don't know why I get the sense like, oh, there's an annuity. Maybe they were teachers, maybe not. Uh, Maybe you were a doctor married to a nurse or a nurse married to a doctor, whatever. I need to know more about your situation, Kevin, but I I am uncomfortable with the idea that you would be wiping out savings or pulling money out of the annuity. I get it, but I don't know if you can really afford this either. I would love Kevin to come on the air with us. And we could coach Kevin through having a conversation with his daughter. But, you know, listen, folks, if these people are going out and getting graduate degrees, it is incumbent upon you to truly focus them on the downside scenario, not just the upside. I have a a very dear friend whose daughter is in a writing program that's gobs of money. It's dumb money at a fancy school. And I went on the record. I said, I just think, I want to tell you, I think this is a bad idea. 
guess what? My advice was ignored. Maybe your advice would be ignored. But I also think that if you you set the parameters going in and you say, we're not going to be able to help you. If you choose this path, we cannot help you. Maybe they can though, Mark, I'm just going to say. All right. This is from Pamela. Hi, Jill and Mark. You're the best part of my daily diet. Oh, that's so nice. I've listened to you for years and I've recommended you to friends across generations. I'm wondering if you could help me out. My father passed away last November and I'm the trustee for my mother's trust and the family trust. All told, it is $5 million. I'm not pleased with our financial advisor who is, what's an AWMA? Accredited Wealth Management Advisor. Eh, I mean, it's not exactly a CFP. Just saying. Anyway, uh, all right. So let's see who this person is. So uh, the accounts are in Janney, like Janney Montgomery Scott, all stocks. I'd like to move some of the money, especially my dad's, into index funds. My mom's, I will have to consider very large capital gains. How can I move the money out of Janney? Where should I put it? How should I invest? Thank you. Feeling confused in North Carolina. Well, Pam, I don't know. Do you want to do it yourself? Because I know that this is a trust and you hopefully have some expertise or at least experience doing this. So that's number one. The other thing you could do is actually interview some certified financial planners, or you could just go to a robo and put some of the money into index funds through a robo advisor and see what you get. You know, you could literally open up an account right now and go to like Vanguard or Schwab or Fidelity and get a robo and some advice. I'd love to know more about you and your feelings around managing this money, because I think that is kind of the critical part. And also if you're managing it for others in terms of your family, we don't want to invite a problem. You know, if just in case, you know, something went wrong, I don't want them to look at you and point their fingers or even, you know, sue you. So get back in touch with us. All right. This is from Julia. Hi, Jill and Mark. I would love to set up my 11 and 13 year olds to learn about saving and investing. I've come upon apps that allow kids to invest and learn as they go with parental approval, as well as take on a debit card. Any apps that you recommend? Mark, I think that uh, Fidelity actually has a uh, a plan, which is kind of helps you guide your kids through investing. That's what I would do. I don't know an app specifically, but I think I wouldn't do it on an app necessarily. I might do it on a desktop just so they don't, I don't know. They, I'm not sure I want to get them in the habit of checking their phone all the time for this stuff, but that's just me. I don't know what other apps there would be. Yeah. I mean, all the apps that I can think of, you know, those are more along the lines of helping people create and stick to a budget. Like you need a budget or mint or something like that. Check out Fidelity. They have really good, robust education stuff there. All right. This is from Terry. Not our Terry, by the way. Every time we get an email from a Terry, especially if it's spelled the way she spells it, I always look at the email and see if it's her. I know, but it's not her. Even though the subject is very aligned with who she is. Is consolidation safe? Hi, Jill and Mark. I often hear you advise people who have multiple accounts scattered all over the place to consolidate. I see the wisdom in simplifying where one's accounts are, but should I be at all worried if the amount held at any single place exceeds SIPC limits, Securities Industry Protection Corporation? Thank you for the great work both of you do in educating us about our finances. Mark, what do you think? You Are you worried about going blowing through the SIPC limit? If the So SIPC is like FDIC insurance. It basically protects some portion of your account up to a half a million dollars against the holding company's 
viability. So if the company goes broke, kind of like what happens? This is not an issue that we have worried about since the great financial crisis, but you know, that was a good wake up call. Do you have any feelings around that, Mark? No, it's not something I worry about. Maybe I'm just a little too, uh, I don't know, naive. I don't know. But no, it doesn't keep me up at night. I never really think about it. I don't either. Um, And I wouldn't worry about it. I don't think of all the things to worry about some of these companies going broke is not one of them. If you really want to be safe-est, you would kind of be with a company that doesn't do, you know, a lot of trading for itself. Like, you know, if you're thinking about that, like, where were you in trouble in the financial crisis? Well, we were in trouble when it turned out to be a company that was trading for itself and executing customer orders also. But, you know, Fidelity, Vanguard, and T. Rowe Price don't do that, and they don't have an investment banking arm. So I guess I would stick to those biggies. Maybe Schwab too. Okay. I think that's it. That's the program. It's so great to uh, talk to you here from Italy. It's been fantastic. All right. I'm not in Italy. I'm still in New York. Uh, If you've got a financial question, just give us a holler. Go to JillOnMoney.com. Click the Contact Us button. Let us know if you would be willing to come on the air live. Don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for the free weekly newsletter. Buy the book, The Great Money Reset. And you can subscribe to Jill on Money Live. That's where you have access to quarterly live webinars and more bonus content, all for $35 for the next 12 months. You better hurry up. You got three more months and then Mark jacking the rate on you. So be careful. It's coming. Okie dokie. Also, I'm asking you for a lot today. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. Lift someone up. Change your work. Change your wealth. Change your life. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.